Welcome to the Go Vita podcast, where your vitality is our passion. It's time to supercharge your health and wellness to take the next step on being the best version of you. Let's get underway. Hello and welcome to the Go Vita podcast, the show dedicated to bringing you the latest and greatest wellness advice so that you can enjoy the health and vitality that you deserve. Marcus Pierce here with you, CEO of the Wellness Couch Podcast Network, and today we are talking all things seaweed. The superfood of the ocean, seaweed is now getting its long overdue time in the wellness sun for its health benefits for human beings and, of course, for the planet. To take us through all we need to know on seaweed, we are going to shoot over to New Zealand and chat with Hayley Fraser-McKenzie from Pacific Harvest. Hayley is the Managing Director of Pacific Harvest, and as you can imagine, absolutely loves all things seaweed. Her passion for seaweed is twofold, the incredible nutrition it provides and its ability to steer the health of our planet in a positive direction. Joining us from Auckland, it is a very warm go, Vita. Welcome to you, Hayley. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Marcus. Let's kind of, you know, we're going to do so much on seaweed in this episode. We'll talk about colors and nutrients and flavors and how to store it, how not to, and how to prepare it. But let's talk about your own love of seaweed, Haley. How did all of that come about? I think for me, I'm, I'm not a big fan of cooking, if I'm honest. So I'm always looking for a quick uh, a solution that's going to give my food flavor and nutritional value for my family. We have a, a set of three teenagers all quite busy doing their own thing. And I think increasingly the food that's on offer today is uh, nutrient deficient and it's hard to navigate lots of information about what you should and shouldn't do all the mm. time. So the thing that I think have, has connected most directly with me personally when it comes to seaweed is the unbelievable nutritional value and so simply that I didn't have to suddenly start eating sushi every day that I could just mm. add something simple like a seasoning to get added nutrients as well as this incredible flavor which I also feel like a whole new world opened to me I always I had this idea that everything would taste like sushi but it's not that, that case at all. <laughs> that is such a good point I think so many of us you know when sushi kind of became part of the, let's just call it the mainstream culinary culture. We all just thought that sushi was seaweed and seaweed was sushi and there was nothing else. But like you said, there are so many different ways to consume seaweed and there are so many different types of seaweed. So that would be a great segue uh, if you're happy to, to just talk in general about seaweed. You know, there's different colours which people would maybe know but not necessarily think about and those colours have different benefits and flavors would you be happy to take us on a on a on a mini dive a mini deep dive of, of all things seaweed sure um it's a very big and exciting topic for me marcus it's hard to know where to start <laughs> but uh, what i'd say is for centuries people have been eating seaweed and in the eastern cultures uh it's definitely continued to be a key part of of people's diets and many um chinese korean japanese uh, people have said to me they will eat breakfast, uh, sushi, uh, pardon, seaweed for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and yeah. snacks. But the West has only sort of started to rediscover uh, seaweeds. And I think just to take you into the seaweed world for a moment, different seaweeds, just as land plants do, grow at different uh, latitudes 
of the world. So the northern hemisphere is quite different to the southern mm. uh, and as well as that different depth. So typically you'd get green seaweeds on the in the shallows, um, very rich in chlorophyll and absorb. They're all seaweeds are photosynthesizing. So the greens are on the top. You get your browns in the middle and your red seaweeds in the deeper areas. And the pigment in these seaweeds is actually, it's all still photosynthesizing, generating oxygen, absorbing carbon dioxide, making beautiful food for us to eat. But each of these seaweed groups really does something quite different from us, for us from a nutritional perspective. Uh, the greens tend to be quite like green veggies are, land veggies that tend to be quite rich in chlorophyll, very cleansing and purifying. Your browns are going to give you a much uh, richer dose of iodine, so very uh, beneficial for thyroid health, um, running the metabolism and just getting your endocrine system uh, operating in an optimal way. And your reds tend to have a higher concentration of plant protein. And uh, the reds also tend to have more of a sort of carrageenan content, which is that gelifying uh, effect that tends to help them um, clean the gut better. So just as seaweeds in the ocean, what they're doing is they're cleaning the water. When you eat them as part of a di your diet, they're helping to clean, to attract those toxins and clean your gut and some of them also have the reds particularly tend to have a gentle laxative effect so that's helping your body eliminate waste so all round, i just think that there's a, such a depth and breadth of stuff to learn about seaweeds and each one is quite different so if you're eating you know sushi regularly you're great you're getting your nori which is a lovely beautiful seaweed very rich in vitamin b12 but it's only one of many and just as you wouldn't just eat carrots, you would be encouraged to eat some broccoli and parsnips. It would be the same for sea veggies. We encourage you to eat a range of different colours in your diet. Just to put you on the spot, like how many different seaweeds are there? Obviously, so there's three colours. I think that's great for people to know, which, again, we probably go, oh, yeah, I know green and I know brown and I know red. But how many different types of seaweed? Is it dozens or is it hundreds or how many are there? Well, not all seaweeds are tasty. That's so we're all about food. So yeah. uh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But just around New Zealand, I mean, we have a thousand native seaweeds growing around our shores, and wow. it would probably be quite similar. Um, so there is a, a huge. Uh, people don't think about seaweed because it's under the water, and yes. you just, unless you're scuba diving or snorkeling, you don't really sort of think about seaweed. Um, but in our, we have about 13 different edible seaweeds in our range um, and some quite different, everything from agar, which is obviously used as a, an alternate, a vegan-friendly alternative to gelatin. Yes. Um, all the way through to sea spaghetti, which, you know, is, is a seaweed that we get from the northern hemisphere, which is almost like a pasta. Wow. So it, there's a lot of variety and each one of them has quite a different flavour as well as I alluded to earlier, this nutritional profile, which you're getting. And I wouldn't say not all greens are the same or not all browns are the same. Each one mm. is giving you something slightly different. So just as you would embrace a range of colours in your land vegetables, you know, we'd say embrace the colours in your sea veggies as well. Without wanting to sound generic, I know a lot of people in that, that would be listening to this podcast are wanting to know about 
the different nutrients in seaweeds because a lot of us we we do see you know we're either nutrient deficient in in some you know some part of our diet what what is it particularly with seaweed i know you said there's so many different types thousands of species and like you said 13 different types of edible seaweed you know in your range but is there a nutrient or nutrients that really you can generalize seaweed as being one of the greatest advantageous foods for um yeah i mean the one that everybody go the go-to for seaweed is iodine it's a natural's best source of natural iodine and it naturally occurs in in all seaweeds, particularly the brown seaweeds like your kelps, kombus, sea spaghettis, wakame. So um, that's, the iodine is, is the one that people tend to know about, but it's not just about iodine. Um, sea lettuce, for example, is really rich in iron. Um, Karengo or nori, or some people call it luche or leva, and it's called different things in different parts of the world, but you're getting vitamin B12 from, from that, typically speaking. Um, and it can also vary depending on where it's been harvested and how it's been dried. So um, it isn't a case of sort of one size fits all. Um, the reds, as I said um, before, have this lovely sort of cleansing impact So uh, in your gut, and that's just because of the compounds and cofactors that they have in their makeup, um, but that will vary. Like a as an Irish moss is quite different to an, a red seaweed like dulse. Really different seaweeds and different flavors, um, and offering different nutritional profiles. But you can use them in 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 different ways. So it is a little bit of a journey to go on, um, which is why I think the seasonings are a great start because you can just add something quite simple to what you're already doing. Um, and you're getting the, if you think of the nutrients that are in the ocean, you're getting the minerals. Um, in New Zealand, I don't know if it's the same in Australia, but we don't have selenium in our soil. Yeah. get selenium, you're getting the amino acids, you're getting um, sodium. Obviously, seaweeds are quite salty naturally, so a lot of people are using seaweeds as a salt replacement mm. to get that salty flavour, but they're actually getting more minerals and nutrients as well as the salty flavor. So this is great, Haley. There's a, there's a lot in here. You've already mentioned a couple of these terms, which I think would be really good for us to focus on. You've spoken about seaweeds that cleanse and seaweeds that balance and, and seaweeds that nourish. Can you give us a breakdown as to which are the ones that perform each of those functions? Because they are words that get used a lot. Uh, but like you said, they all perform a different purpose um, inside the human body. As I mentioned earlier, the iodine is a, is a key part of what makes seaweeds awesome because they are helping to get your thyroid working properly, which has a huge impact on many areas of your overall health, including your digestion, metabolism, sleep, hormones. So having your thyroid healthy is, is a first big step. The second thing is this uh, the cleansing that I talked about with the green seaweeds um, having more chlorophyll and also um, just purifying uh, the reds again have this lovely carrageenan that um, attracts they have special compounds which actually attract heavy metals and toxins in your body and this gentle laxative effect particularly in seaweeds like Irish moss um, and agar which will help to eliminate waste so you're getting a kind of double whammy here with a much more efficient metabolism, but also effective 
collection of rubbish and elimination of the waste. But the other part of seaweed um, that many Asian communities really understand very well is that they're very alkaline foods. So if your diet is rich in acidic foods um, and often, you know, in Eastern, I don't know much about it, but I understand in Eastern medicine, this sense of being too acidic is mm. not healthy. Mm -hmm. So um, eating seaweeds will help to neutralize your pH levels and just keep your whole system more balanced. There's a lot of research now as well, um, particularly around brown seaweeds, which are rich in phacoidin, uh, that they can have a role to play in balancing blood sugar levels. Um, and, and generally this abundance of a range of nutrients and minerals and trace elements that's just not available in land vegetables or land mm. food um, has an impact on so many different areas. I've got files of uh, research that I just haven't even begun to digest. Um, and I'm not a nutritionist, so I'm, I, I'm only interested in this as a, mm. as a general sort of consumer and as a mum looking to give my family healthy alternatives and a more nutrient-dense diet. Um, but everything from cancer prevention to blood pressure regulation, it's just, it's just unbelievable. Um, yeah. And I, there's more to come. We're just beginning to learn more about this, which it, is really exciting. It sounds like calling it a superfood is actually not, it's not enough. Uh, everything that you're talking about is, is mind-boggling in terms of the holistic nature of just how many areas of life and health that it can actually help improve. And we will talk about its incredible sustainable sustainability powers um, shortly. But, you know, I'm, I'm loving the talk about uh, red and green and brown and, you know, what you're talking about for gut health and the fact that it helps cleanse heavy metals and how purifying um, seaweeds can be and how good it is for the thyroid, which, you know, most of us would know is just so, <laughs> most of us know someone that is struggling uh, with their thyroid. So, you know, automatically it's like, all right, you know, how are you going with your seaweed consumption? But what about flavors? Because I feel like um, for those that, you know, come in not really knowing much about seaweed, like many people almost just assume that, you know, they all taste like fish or they all <laughs> taste like the ocean. But can you um, talk about the, the flavors of different seaweeds because um, I think yeah. I'm just kind of laughing to myself because I, I do remember overdosing on dulse ones because I loved it so much. I just had so much of it. Uh, but can you share uh, the different flavors of, of the different seaweeds? Yeah, sure. Um, I think that's one of the things that surprised me the most, um, sort of getting my head around our product range and experimenting with the seaweeds myself. I think you've got everything from sea lettuce, which is quite a sort of peppery, almost like a sorrel flavour to um, dulse, which is very popular, but it's more smoky. Mm. Uh, and a lot of um, reference to dulse being the vegan bacon because it does just have such a lovely smoky flavour to it. Um, then you think about something like nori, uh, where if I put that into a tomato-based uh, sauce, mm. it's going to take on the flavour of an anchovy. Whereas if you roast it, it, it can taste more like mushrooms. So even within the different flavours that you pair it with or how you prepare it, the flavour can, can evolve and change. Um, and I do, I find the, particularly the sort of some of the seasonings, you know, we have a garlic kelp. I use that now instead of, uh, the, the kelp is very tenderising and it's got this beautiful umami flavour, um, which 
it's balancing the other flavors with that that are in the food yeah uh, as well as performing this lovely um whether you're cooking beans or meat you know you're tenderizing and it's claimed to reduce flatulence as well, which is a positive side effect for some. <laughs> they don't uh, talk about that very often, but that's yeah. good for people to know, no doubt. <laughs> well, you would have read a lot about the seaweed called asparagopsis, which is not, we don't eat it, but it is being hailed as a huge, um, you know, potential benefit for carbon yes. uh, uh, sequestration. Yes. Well, because if you feed that to sheep and cattle, it reduces methane emissions, and that's because seaweeds generally are very settling on the gut, and it's the same for humans. So um, whether you're a cow or a human, seaweeds can help. Um, and I think the other thing that's amazing, just going back to flavour, is that some of them, like a sea chicory or a sea spaghetti, if you soak that in water, it will, you know, you, depending on how long you soak it for, the, the flavour can change. But if I, I've soaked sea spaghetti in a ginger tea, and it was just beautiful. Mm. Um, so you can experiment with rehydration to impact the flavour. Um, there's quite a few gin distilleries using kombu strips to impart um, umami flavour into their gin. So, you know, the world is your oyster. I think you're only limited by your own imagination when it comes to seaweed. That is, it's so like, it's exciting. I think if people are listening to this going, oh my gosh, like this is exciting. When you come across a food that, you know, is readily available, it's not expensive, it's easy to bring into your diet, it's not, you know, some foods in the wellness movement become, they're just really difficult to implement. But what you're saying is like, it's actually really easy even if yeah. you just start with some seasonings and just notice the different flavor profile, as you said, whether you, you know, roast roast some, whether it goes in a sauce, whether you just buy it and sprinkle it on the food that you already have. This yeah. is not something that's really hard and difficult to get into. It's something that's really easy, um, which is really exciting. And I commend you on making it easy for people to bring into their life, uh, Haley. It's fantastic. What about... Um, I suppose, you know, I may have just kind of answered it just in my own comment, but I'd love to know your personal view is the best way for people that are new to seaweed to get started. I think people just used to go and buy sushi and think they were getting started in, in seaweed. But if they want to bring it into their their home cooking and they really want to begin, like they've listened to all of the health benefits and the different flavor profiles and whether it's nourishing or cleansing or, or balancing, like how do you suggest people best begin to incorporate seaweed into their daily life? Well, the very easy, quick win is just to replace your regular table salt with a kelp salt because you're going to get a naturally iodized salt. You're getting the nutrients and um, as well as the flavor, the saltiness from the kelp, but you're getting um, the, you know all that nutrient um, benefit, which you wouldn't if you were just eating plain salt. Uh, but we... I guess for me personally, as I said, as I might have mentioned, I'm I'm not a, a brilliant cook. Fortunately for my for me, my husband is a great cook. So <laughs> I for me, it's got to be quick and easy. And so the seasoning range has just transformed my experience with seaweed. Um, whether it's a little bit of uh, sneaking the the leaf, the we we provide um, flakes, so you can either buy a seaweed as a full leaf. Yeah. Or the nori sea lettuce, and um, we've got a new product called the Power of Three, which is a blend of all those three lovely colours I talked about earlier. You can use that instead of dried herbs in your cooking mm. or fresh herbs. 
you're getting the umami flavor and you're getting the nutrients or you can use it as a garnish at the as you as you serve a meal just to bring a bit of color and interest to your plate i put nori on a pizza i put nori i I put sea lettuce in soup you know it's just it doesn't have to be a a fishy meal Mm. it can be anything and it's just again it's about experimenting with those different flavor profiles um we do have a a product called uh, the seaweed and sesame seasoning, which is a take on a very popular Japanese condiment called furikake. Uh, our, our furikake does not have any uh, fish oil and it doesn't have any GM ingredients in it, whereas some of the ones that you might go to the Japanese supermarket and you will see a whole aisle of furikake. So we, we only use natural ingredients in our range and keep it much more about the seaweed rather than the the kind of MSG laden yes. things that you might sometimes find as ingredients in those sorts of products. Um, and then you're, you're more adventurous, so sort of experimenting with Irish moss in their smoothies or sea spaghetti and salads and soups instead of pasta. So, you know, it's a bit of a journey and, and even I'm still quite early in the journey. I'm very entrenched with the seasonings because I can use those every day. And, when I want to make something a bit more special, I'll then turn to, you know, the sea spaghetti or the sea chicory as a garnish. Yep. So it, it's a bit of an evolution. And you can do it as easy or as difficult as you like. I think that's the key. <laughs> you know, you don't have to go down to the ocean and pull seaweed out of the ocean. There's actually so many ways to make it easy and you can use it um, in, in any way that you wish. I actually just love how how well you've done, Haley, at making it easy to apply. Um for consumers, I think that's just such a massive part of any uh, new addition to the diet. Is it just has to be easy, uh, and I think that's great. I think for me that that's what resonated here is that I I don't want to spend a lot of time trying to get my head around something new yeah. to fit in with what I'm already doing. So we'll yep. do more of that. Yeah, well um, played. Yeah. I love it. Um, what about? I mean, we've kind of covered a few of these in the episode, but I'd love your take on it because I think the philosophy of how certain uh, foods or products or ingredients become popular is really interesting. But, you know, it it seems obvious from all of the health benefits why seaweed has become popular. Uh, But why do you think it is and why do you think it's become almost like such a, it's been hailed as like a, you know, a food of the future? What's your take on on its rise in popularity? Well, as I said earlier, I think the, the Eastern communities have never forgotten about seaweed. It's just us in the West that are still are starting to rediscover it. So, I mean, the reasons why it's stuck is because it is delicious, because of this amazing nutritional value that it brings. Um, but the, the thing that I get goosebumps about, I've just spent a weekend at a trade show, and I find myself covered in goosebumps because I feel really privileged to work on a product that is so good for the world. Um, a 2018 study claims that uh, carbon sequestration ability of seaweeds is 20 times more than that of land forests. Wow. It's just a phenomenal powerhouse that seaweeds are eco-engineers. They're keeping our planet healthy, sucking up carbon dioxide. I've read studies that say that seaweed is responsible for 70% of our planet's oxygen. This, wow. this does not get more carbon. It's a ne- carbon negative food. 
it doesn't require any additional water. It doesn't require fertilizer. It just uses all the abundance of this beautiful nutritional value we've got in the sea and mm. the earth's elements. Um, so I think those factors combined uh, are just, that, that's why we're running out of land. We've got to start thinking about mm. what we can do differently. And as I mentioned earlier, we've got three layers of depths of different seaweeds growing in the ocean. It's, it's a very space, space efficient more, more people are looking at farming seaweeds. It's very common in Asia, less common in the West. Yes. But this is, this is the way the, the world is going. And I think for us, it's just about embracing the flavours and understanding how, how to incorporate them into everyday cooking. I love what you said. What just stuck with me is that essentially seaweeds are 20 times more effective than the rainforest at sequestering carbon, which is... Yeah. It's incredibly powerful for everyone listening. Um, I was featured in a movie called The Longevity Film, Haley, where, where Kale Brock went to Okinawa in Japan to a seaweed farm um, and it showed, it showed that whole process and how beautiful it was. And like you said, it's, seaweed has stuck in the east, but in the west we're like, wow, this brand new thing called seaweed. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it's been as powerful as it is forever. Uh, we're now yeah. just beginning to learn about it, which I love. Whilst we're on the topic of sustainability, tell us about the new packaging that Pacific Harvest are using because I know it's recyclable and I know you're very, you're very big on, on making it uh, recyclable and maybe – to that, talk about, you know, your point of difference from a testing perspective as well. Yeah. So one of the things that was a disconnect for me is that plastic is the villain of the ocean. So our previous packaging was very sort of plastic here, and I just knew that we needed to fix that, and it wasn't right. So we started on this journey about a year ago, and I realized um, that it's always much more complex, complex than one um, might <laughs> my, my hope. Yeah. We looked at lots of different options, but seaweeds are hygroscopic which means that they absorb moisture from the atmosphere so for us to keep the product food safe we had to have sufficient moisture barrier properties in the packaging to ensure that when it's on shelf it's safe mm. so that immediately discounted some of the compostable options that are available because the moisture barrier barrier properties aren't there yet um we discounted glass because we ship a lot online and I was worried about the health and safety in broken glass mm -hmm. as well as learning. I didn't realize this, but glass is not as environmentally friendly as one might. Is that reflect. right? Oh, there's a rabbit hole for you. Yeah. So that was a little, we went down there for a while and we came back. So we've come back to using a recyclable packaging. So our, our packaging is now fully recyclable. Um, and, my ultimate goal, I, I don't believe we've arrived at the destination. This is an ongoing exercise for us. And as new technologies become available, we will be embracing them. There is actually seaweed packaging available in Europe, but it's not quite ready for us. So these are the things that we'll continue to look at as, as they become available. And all the while keeping a mind on what's good value for, for our customers to make sure we, we can deliver a, a price that actually resonates with people that's affordable. Mm. Oh, I love what you've said there and I think um, that would be amazing if the seaweed you bought was packaged in seaweed. I know. That, that it's is coming. It's coming. <laughs> that's exciting. I think now I just uh, would like to finish up with, you know, as consumers, you know, it's very easy to walk into um, 
any store, but even let's say our good friends at Govita, you go into a health food store and you're all ready to go and you see, uh, you know, different ranges and different products. And it's just very, it can be very overwhelming, particularly if you're tired, hungry, or have kids with you. So when you're looking for buying seaweeds, can you educate us on what yeah. to look for and what not to look for? Um, I think it's really important, particularly for for health conscious, you know, consumers, which many Govita, uh, all Govita um, customers are like, what, what, what do we look out for when we're buying seaweeds? So as I, as I mentioned earlier, seaweeds um, suck up toxins. So it follows therefore that you should only have, you should only eat seaweeds that have been harvested from clean waters. So where seaweed comes from really matters. Mm -hmm. Um, And we, this business has been around since 2002. So over the last nearly 20 years, we've developed a really strong understanding of where good seaweed harvesting areas are. Um, It matters to me personally how the seaweeds are harvested. Uh, We do work with some farmers of seaweed who will actually be commercially farming seaweeds, but we also work with some who are wild harvesting seaweeds. So we want to make sure that they're being harvested in a way that's regenerative that doesn't impact the health of the um, environments that they're being harvested from. Um, But the other thing, again, is seaweeds are such effective sponges, they can suck up contaminants. Mm. Um, So in Australia and New Zealand particularly, we have quite a uh, high uh, standard around contaminant testing. And so Pacific Harvest is always tested to the local uh, requirements. Often um, we will import seaweeds from even Europe which has you know high quality standards but we will test the seaweeds to local standards to make sure that the contaminants level of um, levels are aligned with what's acceptable in this part of the world um, again I think it comes to packaging make sure that the packaging can be resealed to keep that moisture out of the packaging um, obviously as far as possible everyone's trying to get to a recyclable Position. So I can't talk to what other businesses are doing, but certainly for us, it's important to make sure that the packaging's recyclable, that it's food safe, that it's been tested, and that it's been ethically harvested. That's really um, nice. Yep. Just one one more thing, just on seaweeds, is is this iodine content, and I think um, I'd be remiss not to say many people are iodine deficient, but if you do have an overactive thyroid. Um, seaweeds can be quite they can create problems so i would always suggest consulting a healthcare professional if you do have any concerns um but i from what i've heard i had i often we supply lots of seaweed to naturopaths nutritionists kinesiologists i had one tell me this week that 75 percent of his patients need seaweed in their diet because yeah. they are iodine deficient so um, experiment and, and a little bit goes a long way. You don't need a lot of seaweed because of this dense nutritional value. Uh, you just test a little bit and, and if it's working for you, test something new and just keep experimenting with it, not only from a nutritional perspective, but as we've talked about a lot, this flavour, mm. um, the umami flavour, which will suddenly just bring a lot more flavour into your food. Yeah, well, you've definitely brought some awareness to me. I know I've got a couple of uh, health challenges that I know I've definitely got to improve my iodine content based on everything you've just said in this episode. I'm like, right, I know I need more iodine. 
I'm going to get straight into the seaweed. I love everything that you've said here. Now, I want to just ask you one more question that came up in a conversation we had last week, Haley. Just for people, particularly that are, that are new to seaweed, some people see when they buy their seaweed like a white powder that might live on the seaweed. And and again, at the beginning, we might actually not we might think that's a bad thing. Can you just educate us on what white powder um, means on seaweed? Because a lot of people think it's it's mold or something else. Yeah, so that's a great question. Thanks, Marcus. Um, particularly on the wild harvested seaweeds, you'll often see a white powder on the surface of the leaf. And, and essentially what happens is as the leaf is drying, an amino acid will rise to the surface and it settles as a white powder. That is prized by Japanese chefs, it's that is what is responsible for the umami flavor. Um, and in fact, the Japanese uh, chemist who developed MSG back in the 1920s, that is what he was replicating when he created MSG to get that flavor. Wow. But with seaweed, you're just getting the natural, uh, it's not a natural MSG, it's not MSG at all. It is umami flavor, but it is naturally occurring in seaweed. So what I would say is if you open your bag, your bag of seaweed and you can smell mold, that is something to be worried about. You should we've never had an issue with mold, but typically that white powder is umami and it is something that you want to be seeing because it means that you've got lots of flavor in the seaweed. That's so good. I really appreciate the clarity. And like you said, uh, the food scientists, when they were creating MSG, they went and copied <laughs> or attempted yeah. to copy, not that you can ever replicate nature. They yeah. uh, they got their ideas uh, from wild harvested seaweed. So I really appreciate the clarity there. Now, people are going to know, well, want to know where to go to next. I think obviously your website is really key, pacificharvest.co.nz. Um, tell us about your partnership with GoVita um, and where you'd like people to connect with you uh, beyond this podcast, Haley. So, yeah, we're really excited to be working with GoVita uh, nationally around Australia. We had lots of customers ordering from our website and asking us, where can I buy this locally? I want to be able to go to my local store. So we're thrilled to be working with GoVita and um, as our national distributor in Australia starting in November. Um, we would encourage people to jump onto the website. We've got a, an extensive blog section which um, – has been developed over years of kind of just passionate research on, on seaweed um, as well as lots of recipe ideas just to inspire some different experimentation and just, you know, all the different things that are possible with seaweed. And, and please do share your learnings with us. We love to learn from what other people are, are doing. So I would love to hear from you, see how you're using seaweed and, um, you know, as different trends emerge, it just seems to slot in whatever is coming up. Seaweed has a place. So, oh, and it's a timeless, a timeless uh, staple of the diet um, as it is. Then it's no wonder uh, that it is. I just love, I just love this, Haley. And again, as someone that has enjoyed seaweed for well over a decade, you've just reminded me how powerful it is. And I think, again, I. I'm a very keen consumer of dolls, but I think I need to broaden my range. I like wakami, I like dolls, but I think I'm going to go and broaden my range and, and improve my iodine content. And um, yeah, I really appreciate your wisdom. Um, so much knowledge in that brain of yours, Haley, uh, on all things seaweed. And we thank you and everyone at Pacific Harvest for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you, Marcus. So, yeah, just eat the rainbow.
Eat the rainbow, eat the rainbow of seaweed, uh, but eat the rainbow of food, but eat the rainbow of seaweed and get to know your seaweed. I look forward to checking out those recipes over at pacificharvest.co.nz. To you, our wonderful listeners, thank you for joining us on the Go Vita podcast. If you've enjoyed the episode, of course, the best thing you can do is make sure you subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, open up podcasts or the world of podcasts to your friends and family. They will thank you forever. Uh, if you're on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please give this show a rating, uh, hopefully five stars and a review. Uh, be sure to check out the Go Vita website, govita.com.au. You'll check out the full back catalogue of podcasts, awesome blogs, a store locator so you know where you can go and find your Pacific Harvest uh, seaweed as well. And remember, next time you are doing your shopping, make sure it is in one of the GoVita stores around Australia because at GoVita, your vitality is our passion. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.